so excited for this episode to release. Uh, well, one, I think um, for most of our episodes, like we have an idea of what our guests will be talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But with Angelica, we really didn't. No, we had no idea. We yeah. just knew that she wanted, mm-hmm. she had something important to say, mm-hmm. and she felt like this was a platform available and comfortable for her to do so, mm-hmm. and that it was important for other people to hear it. Like, that's that's all we knew. Right. So, yeah. Crazy. I think in that sense, it was like, this is so good. Yeah. Because it, it is going to help so many people. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's a really uh, sensitive topic. Very sensitive, yeah. And it doesn't get talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. And people don't feel comfortable talking about it. And I think it's really great and brave of her. I was going to say so brave of her to even. To talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and feel comfortable talking about it, knowing that by sharing her story, she'll help other people. Mm-hmm. Like that was the goal. Right. And I think that's really awesome. Right. So with that being said, though, we do definitely need to put some trigger warnings on this one. Um, There's mention of physical, mental, and sexual abuse, sexual abuse specifically towards children or minors. And we do talk about suicide as well. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind, but we really do hope that you know, a lot of people can listen to this um, and maybe even share it with other people who have gone through similar trauma and can use it for help uh one thing that was really cool about this interview is angelica is also a fellow podcaster which i guess now that i say that we've interviewed quite a few at this point (laughs) yeah yeah um but but, she's a she's a fellow local podcaster she's a podcaster that we've uh interviewed in person right who's also in fairbanks alaska Mm -hmm. yeah that's true and her podcast is specifically geared towards people of Fairbanks. Right. So her podcast is called Fairbanks People, um, but it's shortened. So it's F, as in Fairbanks, B-X line. It's not a slash. It's like a vertical line, Mm -hmm. P-P-L. And she is exclusively on Spotify. Um, You can go check out her podcast. I think she has a few Mm -hmm. episodes released. Um, yeah, I've listened. I've listened to it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I Jordan think she was had, on it. I was on it. <laughs> you can listen to my episode. Um, I think she definitely has like the same uh, mentality and like goal of mm-hmm. sharing people's stories, uh, getting people connected, and mm-hmm. I think that that's really cool. And for her to just do it, yeah. You know, uh, we talk a little bit about the podcasting struggles or ups and downs too and how you know how different it might compare to her doing her own podcast by herself not having a co-host versus us having each other to like bounce ideas back off of right and and lean on occasionally Mm -hmm. um i I think that's one of my favorite parts about talking to other people that podcast is just kind of seeing their perspective on it just because i feel like we are all so different i'll do things so differently but it's really interesting to hear how we each do things Mm -hmm. and yeah all produced episodes Mm -hmm. yeah um what else guests if you have been thinking about being a guest know that you can reach out to us absolutely yeah whether that's um on make sure you're following us on instagram twitter facebook we try to switch it up a little bit um as far as what we post on those things Mm -hmm. uh you can reach out to us on any of those social media platforms and then we also have our email 
mmpodcast1 at gmail.com. Yeah. So Angelica was actually somebody who reached out to us and it was just super exciting to have a fellow podcaster reach out to us and want to collaborate and yeah, please reach out. We're always, we're always booking. I mean, we have our schedule, uh, pretty far out. So if we can always, um, get you on the schedule, we'd love to share your story. If it's something that you've been thinking about doing, but you're not really sure, like this is a judgment free zone. And we want to let you guys know too, that even if you're uncomfortable with something that you said during the recording, like we have Alonzo, we've got good old Mm -hmm. Al, he can cut out anything. We can edit, you know, things if you're nervous about it. Like this is not a come and talk to us and tell us your deepest darkest secrets yeah and let us air all <laughs> and your dirty laundry exactly and, like yeah. we just want to to let you share your story and give you a platform to help other people and um we're never gonna like pressure anybody to do anything but if you're ready yeah. to share your story or you know someone who has a good story definitely have them reach out to us mm-hmm Another really cool thing that you can see on our social media is we are currently running a contest. Um, You can win a pretty cool prize. Uh, Just make sure, like I said, that you're following us on all of our social medias. You can pretty much just search us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Mental maintenance. Pretty sure we're like the only thing that pops up. Um, Go check that out. Make sure you enter. Yes. It's going to be running for a little while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's not really a closed date, but we're not going to give you too many uh, details or information because you need to just like go check it out and enter and hopefully, hopefully win, hopefully win. (laughs) Um, So we also wanted to circle back and just remind everybody that we are an affiliate with BetterHelp, which is an online or mobile therapy counseling platform. Uh, You can see a therapist, a licensed therapist, a million different ways. You can call them, you can video chat them, text them, I think, yeah, email them back and forth. There's like pretty much any way that you can communicate outside of talking to them in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with our discount code or affiliate code, it's Mental M Podcast, and that will actually give you 10% off your first month of sessions. So with that being said, here is Angelica. We hope you guys really enjoy this episode as much as we did throughout her interview or her speaking, and go check out our social media so you can win that special prize. Yeah, here's Angelica. So I'm super excited that you're here. For those of you that are listening and don't know, Angelica has her own podcast and I was lucky enough to be (laughs) interviewed and it was so fun. And I don't, I can't remember if I told you this, but I feel like when we recorded that episode, it was right in the midst of Denise and I like deciding that we were going to do a podcast, but I don't Mm -hmm. think we had actually taken like steps Mm -hmm. to move forward um and I just like after that interview I remember like asking you about the the platform the app that you were using oh yeah I remember going back and being like well she just used this app and it was super cool and she could edit and I think at that point Mm -hmm. that's when we started looking for different platforms and like so Mm -hmm. thank you I don't know if you knew that but you definitely like set set the inspo off to where we were like let's do this because that was super cool and it seemed 
And it also was kind of weird. It was like we were talking so much about doing the podcast, but I hadn't really taken the steps yet. And then randomly Jordan was just like, I'm actually going on a podcast tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you didn't tell me. That, like, what? <laughs> so that was cool. I was like, well, make sure you, yeah, make sure you, like, check it out. Yeah. And see what she thinks. Oh, and... my setup was ghetto. <laughs> but I oh. thought it was so cool because we didn't yeah. have anything really. And oh, I was no. like, Angelica did this and she had this and we were here. And oh, no, everything, like, I'm glad I did it. But I, like, I love my podcast, and I'm so defensive over it. <laughs> but, and the thing is, it's just, like, I don't, like, sometimes, like, when I see your guys, it's like, man, I, it would be so great to have another person to help. Like, so that's what I always think. Like, I'm like, I have to, like, I have three episodes. I still, have, like, I've done tons of recordings, but, like, the editing is, like, it makes me it's literally like, yeah. pull my hair out. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most hardest part. Yeah. I, I think that's why we're so thankful for Alonzo, Jordan's husband, like, if we also had to edit, like, because no. <laughs> we're involved in the editing process, mm-hmm. but, like, even when I've been there, I'll be able to help until about halfway through, and then Charlotte, my daughter's, like, demanding my attention, and I have to walk away. Like, he has to be there the whole time, edit each episode, and, like, I don't think we would be able to do it without him. I probably would have given up by now. Yeah. Honest to God. Like, what three weeks ago I was telling you I was like really frustrated and I was like I hate editing yeah I hate it I don't want to do it it's time consuming it's hard Mm -hmm. it's frustrating it's it's literally the most frustrating part about podcasting and it was so funny because I was like I'm gonna do podcasting this is gonna be the greatest thing (laughs) in my life and then I started editing and I was like this is the freaking (laughs) worst I have three episodes still and so that's where I was like I'm just gonna release an episode a month because this editing is just bullshit Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why I'm really I'm really glad that we decided to do just two episodes a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I like if we didn't have the help, I think we'd probably be down to one. Yeah, like for sure. it seems I think from an outside perspective, two episodes a month does not seem like a lot. Mm-hmm. But in the like in our shoes and in, in your oh, yeah. shoes, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it we need like two weeks to. Oh yeah, my biggest struggle is that. So, like, the premise, I feel like, of my podcast is just, like, I want to hear, like, these unique, like, Fairbanks stories. Like, Fairbanks is a weird town. We need unique stories. So, like, you know, like, to kind of, for people to understand, like, what's so special about Fairbanks? And so I'll, like, reach out to people, and then they're like, yeah, 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 no. And you're like, what happened to you? Did you die? <laughs> Did you die in the process? Or, I, like, like, you've nothing. recorded, and they're like, no, I don't want that out. No, like, we, oh, like, communicate. Like, we're just scheduling, mm-hmm. we're communicating, we're communicating, and then they're, like, nothing. They're, and I'm, like, hey, Hello. just checking in. Like, you said that you wanted to do this, and they're, like, nothing. It's it's tough because I think you're asking someone to do something that's, I know. that is kind of intimate, and you want them to be as comfortable as possible. Oh, yeah. And... And yeah, when there's like, when you have to like kind of push, I mean, we've gotten definitely defensive sometimes over like um, people's like feedback or someone will just like (laughs) randomly email us and be like, um, hey, uh, I haven't really listened to the podcast, but I want to be on it. (laughs) I have a a story. If you're interested, let me know. And it's like, um, Give us some respect. <laughs> like, pump the brakes. <laughs> what? And also, and I remember this person in particular that I'm talking about, and I, 
can't even remember the person's name, so I won't even say the name. But it was like, uh, I remember replying, like, super nice, you know, like, uh-huh. okay, like, you know, what is your story? And she's like, well, I'm not going to tell you unless you're interested. And it's like, <clears throat> okay, oh, well, hello? we'll just keep, we'll, <laughs> and it was just kind of like, we'll, we'll keep you, uh, yeah. you know, in our, in our radar list and uh you know and I didn't yeah and I feel like when someone's like when I like you know approach them and they're like no I don't want to share my story I'm like absolutely totally like I completely understand but and I think this comes back to like for me like if you say you're gonna do something follow through you have to follow through even if you say no like just say no I'm good yeah that's fine I'm good yeah Give me I a think no the crickets is what, nothing. like, yeah. when there's someone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're this, like, no. So I'm like, I'm an internet weirdo. I like being on the internet. <laughs> we all know this. But I will, like, call people out because I hate that. I'm like, hello, we have had millions of conversations. And now that, like, it's on your end to follow through – you can't just ignore me. I, like, call people out. I'm like, hi, I see that you're ghosting me, but you don't have to do that. Like, it's okay. You could just say no. Uh, and then people will say no. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh, sorry. It's like internet check, dating. I didn't check it. Yeah. Like, like, oh, I've been busy. Because I've seen you see read it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you in the store on my phone, but I didn't see it. See, my thing is, though, like, I'm the worst with my phone. Like, and anyone can attest to this. I had a friend, she um, she was like, you know, summer break. We didn't, you know, we didn't see each other over the summer because we worked at the school district together. And she goes, are you alive? If you don't answer me right now, I'm going to find a new friend. And I was like, oh. I'm so sorry. She's like, I texted you and I know that you read it. And I was like, I totally read it. But I'll like read it and I'll be like, that's nice. And then I'll <laughs> like, go do something else. I'm the worst with my phone. Yeah. Like. I'm not, like, I sh- I'm, i like, tech-savvy, but I, like, don't like having it. I'm, like, Ugh. For some reason, texting, I'm like that with texting. It's really hard for me to, I wish, I wish that I could mark my texts as unread. I think <laughs> about this it, all yeah, the fucking no. time. I'm I, not joking. I do the same thing. I know exactly Because I'm, like, I'm about. not going to open that because I'm going to forget. I'm not going to mm-hmm, respond right mm-hmm. now and I'm going to forget. Oh, I, I'm in I'm, the grocery store and there's no reason for me to be looking at my phone, but it vibrated, so I've got to look, and if I click on it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, as soon it's as like, I'm oh, done here, I'll get back to him. See, that's why never, I'm, a, like, never I'm obsessed with my Apple Watch. Because it, like, tells me, and I'm like, oh, uh. okay. And then I, like, put it down, but it doesn't read it. It doesn't open it up uh. on your phone. So when I actually go back to respond to everything, I have all my notifications. I'm like, oh, yeah, as if I were, like, to look at my phone. Yeah. Again, like, not promoting Apple Watches, but it is the best <laughs> thing that's ever happened. Like it's a good Christmas like present Alonzo. idea. <laughs> I was I was just about to say Alonzo, Alonzo when you're editing um, Christmas present. <laughs> He's like edit out. Yeah. <laughs> David's episode, by the way, was really good. Oh, thank you. Like I miss him. <laughs> I want like I was like oh my god like I love David too like at the end of it. Um, I like and I think that after hearing his because I was so nervous like I was like I don't like I want to do it. And I feel like I should do it. And then I got, like, nervous. And I was, like, listening to his, like, episode and hear him, like, share his story. It was just, like, one, it, like, it made me, like, cry internally. Which meant I cried. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just, 
I feel like, you know, when, like, how he, like, I think the most, like, moving part of his, like, episode was when he was, like, he goes, you don't realize you experience trauma unless you talk about it to someone else. Mm -hmm. And then you think, and then someone looks at you and he goes, Mm -hmm. no, but it's fine. (laughs) It's okay. It's a thing that happened. Yeah. And I was just, like, like. I wonder how many people think that because I feel like I think that a lot. Like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. It, it's okay. Yeah. I'm alive. Like, Look at me. I'm good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And then someone's, like, looking at you and they're like, no, you're not. I want to hug yeah. you. And then I say, please don't touch me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah. I feel like that was, like, really – I think that, like, that little snippet right there. And I was, like, listening to it when I was working. So I was, like, in and out, in and out. But then when I heard that, I, like, had to stop and, like – like back I was like okay now I gotta backtrack and listen for like three minutes and then I was like listening and I was like feelings and then I like cried a little and then I was like I'm at work I can't cry <laughs> <laughs> everyone will hear me cry yeah, like I'm doing something for like another three minutes but no his um his episode was like really moving and it was like you can hear like like you can just sense like the like the love that you two guys had and I think that was like that like even not even being in the room like you can sense that like just listening and so yeah you're gonna make me cry now sorry (laughs) (laughs) i do i i i i feel like we have a connection because we're siblings but i also feel like we were kind of um we didn't like grow up as siblings yeah yeah um i well but that first like this that first seven years of my life Mm -hmm. 10 years of his life i feel like we were like soldiers like we were like you know we had been through this war together Mm -hmm. and then we were ripped apart and that was you know obviously traumatic in itself but then like reconnecting with each other like as we got older I feel like not only were we close just because you know we share DNA Mm -hmm. but we share trauma like we you know what I mean like we share a story that no one else you know other people can hear but we share something that like no one else would understand because we went through it together. And, you know, him, uh, I always say him a little bit more than me, um, just because it kind of went further into his, you know, teenhood and stuff than mm-hmm. mine did. And we had, you know, once we separated, we had our separate issues, yeah. <laughs> you know, with, with what was going on. But um, I love I love him so much. He's just, he's, Yeah. He's he if he wasn't around I like I don't know what I would be like today because I had him yeah you know when I was younger so it's really cool to hear that someone that you can hear that you know no you definitely someone who could. doesn't know either of us it's really cool that you can actually hear that in the episode no that it was a it honestly it was extremely like a powerful like episode um which made me feel a little bit more comfortable like like saying like yes like I wanted to do this um just because I feel like with me and like I didn't tell anyone and I remember like like I didn't tell anyone that I was like sexually abused as a kid and it was funny because when I like came out with my post about it I ran into someone like we went to high school like Jordan and I went to high school with and he was like I would have never guessed he was like you were involved in sports you were involved in student council Mm -hmm. you did all these things and you always smiled he was like, no one, he was like, I would have never guessed. And I said, I felt, I was like, I think I put up a front so that my family, like, so that my mom and my sister didn't know I was hurting, but most of all to protect my sister. Because I thought that she didn't know, so I thought I was protecting her. But then in retrospect, like, I didn't realize that 
my sister knew and that was the reason why everything like kind of opened up um so my sister Leanna and I are only four years apart and so when my mom married her dad he was in the military and we bounced around a lot and so um the abuse started when I was nine and it didn't stop end until I was 16 and so I thought first I thought like I think in my like young mind like this is normal this happens like this this is a thing that happens but then I realized like and I like and I remember talking about it with my therapist I said when I was 10 I realized like I don't think this is normal but I don't want this to happen to Leanna so then I didn't want nothing bad to happen to her and so I thought that I was like if I just smile and I lie and because I don't want her to get hurt but I don't know if this is right or wrong. Like, I don't understand. And it wasn't, like, and it's so sad that it took me until I was 14 to realize, like, no, this is really not, right. like, this is completely yeah. abnormal. And it's, like, sad that I realized it in the health class. I remember, like, sitting in health class, and they had a video about, like, sexual abuse. Like, you know, they showed, the, like, the clip where, like, Katie's in the room, and her uncle comes in the room, and I was like, this is weird. I remember, like, sitting down and being like, this is weird, this is weird, this is weird. This is my life. Like, Yeah, I can't imagine how... Yeah, and so I was, like, sitting there in health class. You were feeling... Like, I don't know if... Even though nobody else around you knew, did you feel exposed in that moment? I was going to say, I feel like I would feel very, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Looking at everybody, like... And I did, like... Yeah. No, I 100% did. I felt like... Like, I felt like it was, I felt like someone had ripped, like, the Band-Aid off. Yeah. And I was, like, and everyone was looking at my gross, like, like, my gross wound. And so I was, like, starting to panic a little. And I remember, like, the first thing I did was, like, I after that class, like, everything after that in my brain was just, like, this isn't normal. This isn't normal. Like, what can I do to make it, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Like, do I tell my mom? Do I tell, like, and I felt like I didn't have anyone to tell. I was, like, I can't tell my mom because then my mom is going to, like, hate me because I did something and then I grew up Mormon which didn't like didn't make it even it made it even more difficult where I was like oh my god like I've committed sin I'm going to hell like Mm. so it was like one thing after another where I was like going through all these thoughts and I remember like going like I missed the bus that day I like couldn't like my mom was like what is wrong with you like I couldn't I remember like I broke one of her like nice dishes and like cried and she's like, what's wrong? And I said, nothing, nothing's wrong. I was like, you know, it doesn't help that one. I was going through like so many emotions going through puberty, but then having like exposed to that, I was yeah. just like, I don't know how, like, how do I tell my mom that like the person that she's married has been like abusing me for the last like years. And so, and I like kind of like, I think that's when I think I started realizing like this was wrong and I tried everything in my power, like I wouldn't come home. Like, I think I purposely chose sports. Like, Avoidance. what sport can I do that will keep me away home? from home? Like, yeah. away mm-hmm. from home. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if I do student council, then I will start school. Like, if I have softball practice at 6, and then I have school at 7, and then if we do stuff for student council, I'll be home. And, like, I have to stay at school for, like, till 3.30. Then I have softball practice, like... That was, like, my – I literally would plan out the times where I wouldn't have to encounter him. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was just, like, really stressful. And I think, you know, as I was getting older and then I, like, kind of really just, like, you know, when my they got divorced, um, 
I moved in with my mom and that was like for me I felt like I could breathe again but Mm -hmm. at the same time I felt like I could be a teenager and so then everything like I kind of just like put everything in a box sure and I was just like I'm I'm done with it I'm done like it's done and which was like for me like I felt like I could be a teenager I started dating I started like you know, doing, like, hanging out with friends because I wasn't allowed to, like, hang out with friends. I wasn't allowed to go to certain places. And my mom thought it was just because, um, like, my stepdad was, like, trying to, like, keep up our Mormon values. But she didn't realize it was, like, him controlling me. And so, and I feel like I was, like... Did you realize that that's what it was? Like, oh, you can't go to this place? Did you th- did you think at that point I, in time, like, it no. was him controlling you? Thing, or like, just, like... That I felt that's like just a rule. that's just a rule. Like I can't talk to boys. Like my I remember one of my friends was like, "Why can't you like come with us?" We we're like, and I was like, "Cause boys are gonna be there. I can't go." And she's like, "Well, why not?" And I was like, "Because boys are gonna be there." But like it didn't yeah. click until I. Well, that's just what you were told. Yeah, I mean that's it yeah. wouldn't seem weird. Like it wouldn't seem like a weird thing or something. Like and my mom was like totally for it because again, yeah. if you like, you know, and within the Mormon Church, they really encourage like to be like chat like chase and have healthy relationships with opposite sex but not like Mm -hmm. dating relationships like you have to wait till you're 16 and things like that and so um so my mom were you when they divorced i was 16 okay yeah so i was 16 um and it was like the summer and i was still and you know my mom and i joke about it in the sense of like she didn't before she knew everything she said when she left she would always be like i'm leaving and i'm taking the couches with me and I remember being, like, when she got rid of the couches, I was, like, devastated. And she was, like, why are you so devastated? I was, like, because that was the first thing that we had that as ours. Like, that was ours. And he wasn't – he had no control over that. And she was, like, I never thought of it like that until, you know, after, you know. And so I didn't – so, again, like, I suppressed everything. I was, like, stuffed it in, in a box. And I don't think I did it on purpose. I think I was just, like – trying to be a teenager well, you're trying to survive yeah i mean that's just what the body and the mind does oh when yeah you're trying to survive and just be healthy like i just won't now i have the opportunity to oh yeah, yeah. yeah. i just won't deal with this because yeah and i totally was like i'm not gonna deal with it like yeah. i have too many like i have too many more important things but then um when i was 22 22 um so my sister, my mom would be like, you have to see your dad. You have to see your dad. And I was like, you know, and my, and I did, again, I didn't think that no one knew. And so I was like, yeah, you should your see dad your dad. Your dad is in your stepdad? Yeah. Like she, so she would tell my sister, like, go see, cause that's my oh, sister's she biological. Sister. Okay. She's like, go see your dad. And so, um, my sister was like, I don't want to see him. Like, I don't want to see him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, and so in the back, cause I was like, I knew like he would talk poorly down to you but what else has he like he hasn't done anything else she's like no I just like I don't think he's a good person Mm. and so then my mom I was like well I'm going to bed and so then later that night my sister told my mom the reason why I don't want to be around my dad is because he raped Angelica and so and that's the first time your mom heard it yeah that was the first time my mom had heard it and I remember like and you didn't know your sister knew I didn't I had no idea that my sister knew I didn't know and so then my mom was, like, so she, I think it took my mom a couple days to process. Like, sure. she was, like, are you sure? And she was, like, yes. Like, happened. She was, like, anytime you left the house, I was told to, like, go somewhere else. And then um, 
she goes, at first, I didn't think anything of it. She goes, but as I was getting older, I realized that what was happening, and I didn't know what to say. So it was, like, at the same time, like, while I was experiencing trauma, like, I didn't realize that my sister was, like, experiencing yeah. a different form of trauma. Yeah. Like, what do you do when you realize that someone is hurting your, like, yeah. sibling? Yeah. And, like, you don't know who to tell. And she's younger? Yeah. So Leanna's four years younger than me. Okay. So I think that was really hard. Yeah, and just not understanding, like, what's – what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she had to feel some guilt as well because that's her dad. Yeah. I mean, not that she obviously had any blame, but that's just what happens in these kinds of situations. You just – everybody that shouldn't feel guilt feels guilt. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, knowing that and not talking to anybody about it, not knowing how to confront that situation, I mean. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. It was, like, and so when my mom couldn't, like, and it was just the way my mom asked me, like, even, it like, I, like, remember when she asked me, I felt like everything was in slow mm-hmm. motion. And I was, like, who told you that? Like, that was, I couldn't even, like, yeah. I couldn't, I was just, like, oh my god like my mom knows she's gonna hate me and I remember just like having like an anxiety attack and she was she told me she goes your sister told me is that true yes or no and I and I just burst into tears and I remember the first thing was like saying like I was like please don't hate me I didn't know what to do and she like was heartbroken because she's like you don't want your kid to like feel that way and so I think that was really hard for her um she was like I can never hate you she's like I know that and so she was like, I don't want to go into detail. Like, I don't want to ask too many questions. Sure. And I was like, I really just, I was like, I don't want to talk about it for a little bit. And so then, um, you know, I waited a couple days and then I talked to her about it. But the thing, so I was like, still no therapy. I was like, I'm not going to talk about it. She's like, I really think you should go. And I was like, no, I don't want to. I'm going to push it back. I'm going to push it back, like, in the closet. In its spot. Yeah, like, that's where, where it it's been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where it's been for the <laughs> last, like, you know, it's six years. Like, it's getting, it's collecting yeah. dust. Let's forget about it. And then um, my mom came up to me. She called me. She's like, I need you to come home because I was living, I wasn't living with my boyfriend in college at the time, but I would, like, stay the night over there a lot. And so she's like, I need you to come home. Like, I need you and your sister to come home. We need to talk. And so I was like, okay, so I don't think anything of it. And then she told me, she goes, um, because my sister's stepdad had remarried. And so, and uh, she told me, she goes, so Leanna's dad is, um, they're pressing charges on him, his wife and his um, stepdaughter. And I said, and I, I already knew, I already knew what it was. And so I was like, okay, um, I was like, I have a feeling what it is. And she goes, yeah, so he was doing the same. What he did to you, he was doing to his stepdaughter in his third marriage or in the second marriage. And I remember just, like, feeling like, oh, my gosh, like, what what do I say? Do I, like, couldn't, like, do I approach this person? And she said that they're filing and it happened to two other girls. And so then, like, my brain, I was, like, literally felt like vomiting. And she goes, and they, um, they asked you to testify. And I was like, no, I can't. I literally can't. Like, everything that I've literally (laughs) bottled in this closet, you're asking me to, like, bring out. And she's like, yes, bring it out. And I said, no, I'm not going to. Like, I literally can't. And um, then there was a situation where it was another girl. And when I found out how old she was, that's when I was like, 
like how many girls like how what's the age range and then I was like no like it's my obligation as like a person to like make sure this doesn't happen to anyone else so I went and I spoke to um one of the I'm gonna say detectives in town and he was like all right he goes I'm literally and the thing that was like so frustrating for me like because I asked like should I take the day off from work and they're like no no I'm just it's just a couple questions and I said mm. I can handle a couple questions yeah and I could go back to work like two hours later and it literally like it opened I like literally took the box out of my closet opened it up and like pulled out each item one at a time in giving I had to give great detail and I think that was the hardest part like I think I that was literally the hardest thing I've ever done in my life well you're like reliving it yeah, yeah. like I literally and for the first and only yeah. time yeah and so it was like how what and I think that was the hardest part for me because then I remember like going to work and my like coworker was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Still went to work after that." Yeah, I still oh went to God. work. <laughs> I still went to and class. I took, went to two classes that day, and I I feel like you know again like everything was in slow motion. Like driving was slow motion. Like talk, I can't recall like anyone I talked to that day. I like drove to like my boyfriend's house, and he was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "No, like I feel weird." And he was like, "Do you want to talk about it?" I said, no. <laughs> no. No. I've done enough talking. I, thought, like, I literally don't want to talk for like a whole month. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like I did that. And so then um, the DA, the DA gets a hold of us again. And he was like, with Angelica's like testimony, like we have enough to get him on. Like we have enough to like sentence him. I've already talked to a lawyer and we're going to go through all this like the next step would be that she has to testify in mm-hmm. court. And I was like, oh, my God. I literally feel like I'm going to vomit. Like, I was like, Mom, I don't know if I can do that again. Like, that was so mentally draining. And she goes, you have to, though. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then um, he got wind that he was um, being charged with, um, like, sexual assault of, like, multiple minors. And a week later, he committed suicide holy shit so then there's like so everything like and I remember feeling so upset like I remember like that whole week I I, like I wouldn't talk to anyone I was angry I was like happy sad I felt yeah like literally every emotion yeah yeah and I remember like and I felt so bad like for like my boyfriend because he was just like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, I don't know what I, I want you to do. Like, right. I'm angry. I'm happy. I'm sad. And I remember, like, like he tried to run my back. And I literally just burst into tears. And I was like, screamed at him, like, don't touch me. And I, was, and I left. I, like, left his apartment. And I drove home. And it was late at night. And my mom, like, heard me, like, kicking stuff and she was like what's wrong and I just screamed like that's all I could do was just scream at the top of my lungs and um and then that's when she was like I think you really should go see a therapist because or someone because you can't keep it bottled in your closet anymore and I remember like my first appointment she was just like she was like trying to like this is your brain 
<laughs> and this is your brain on depression. <laughs> and this is your brain when your brain wants to talk about depression. And she goes, you're feeling, she goes, your brain has been like blocked like oxytocin. And now it's like overfilled with oxytocin. How do you feel? And I was like, I feel like screaming at you <laughs> yeah. for telling me that. Shut up. Like, yeah. Don't tell me what I like. <laughs> but honestly, I think that without her help, I don't know if I would. I think like mentally, I don't think I would be in the same. Like I wouldn't be in the place I am now. And just like, you know, being comfortable. And I did like for me, it did take me a long time to be comfortable to even like, you know, I don't even think I told my husband until like we were dating for like six months because it was just something that. It is, like, very overwhelming to hear, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, and I didn't tell, and I remember, like, I told my friends, and I didn't even think, they didn't even know how to react, they're like, "Mm, like, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think that was really hard for me, I think that was the hardest part for me, was, like, I wanted support, and I didn't want people to be, like, Angelica's upset because, like, she went through this thing. And I feel like that's what happened. And then I didn't talk about it anymore. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to tell you guys anything anymore. Yeah. Because I feel like that you guys didn't respect that I'm trying to, like, you know. And I think the hardest part was, like, I heard someone say, like, well, that happened to you, like, a long time ago. Can't you get over mm, it? No. And I was like, oh. <laughs> was this person we're tracking them down? I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> But I think that, and I think that's when, when I was listening to, like, David's episode, I was just like, oh, my God, that's me. Like, that's me. And I think now I feel like, like, obviously I can talk about it and I can feel, like, I feel pretty okay about talking about it. And there's sometimes where, like, I, sometimes, like, I, like, I'll lose sleep over it or I have, like, nightmares or I'll be, like, something, like, even that my husband does. Because he was mentioning how he was, like, the cheat meat. Your brother mm-hmm. was mentioning the cheat the trigger. meat. Yeah, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. a trigger. And for me, it's like sometimes like when my husband like touches me, I like sometimes go, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. Please don't do that. And he's like, and he, what's nice about like Brad is like he doesn't even ask. He already knows. He's like, okay, okay. All right? Yeah. Like, or like certain smells. I'll be like, nope, I don't like that in the house. Get it out. Like, got <laughs> yeah. it. Nope, it's gone. Nope. It, yeah. it, nope. And he's like, all right, sounds good. And yeah. he doesn't like question. I think that's like. You know, I think I'm so grateful to have found a partner who is so understanding. And he, like, and I, like, this is one of the reasons why I love Brad, because he knows, but he doesn't need to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really hard to find Absolutely. in people. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think it's good to find someone that, um, they can hear it once. Mm-hmm. And that's. One and done. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Like, I'll noted like you know like I will figure it out from here and I'll work around those things and I'll help support you and I'll help you to feel as safe as possible like yeah no I won't take these things personally when right you don't want me to touch you like I understand Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to take that personally and feel like because a lot of times guys girls whatever I mean rejection is hard right like that's a hard thing to like Especially if it's your partner, obviously, you know, and it's, it's an, you know, it hurts your ego. It makes you feel unwanted or whatever, but to find someone that's just like, no, I get it. That's not, I'm not taking that personally. Like I'm going to support you and make you feel safe. Like that's really awesome. Yeah. And I'm not like, and the thing is, it's just like, I feel so, you know, and it's so funny because like, like my boyfriend in college, like he 
was a big part of that in the sense like he was the person who went through that with me right like the opening of like pandora's box Mm -hmm. like taking every item out and like talking about it now putting the items back in and then it's like sitting there still like i felt like you know that was like a huge like it was like a ugly box in our life that really consumed our relationship afterwards and i always tell my husband i'm like it's not saying like i miss it i don't miss my relationship with him and i was like but i was like i honestly couldn't imagine how he felt like this is my girlfriend. She's going through this. I literally don't know how to comfort her. And I don't know the right words to say. And the thing is, I think it was even harder for him. Like, I was his first relationship ever. So it's like, what do I say? Like, pat your back. I hope you feel better. And I that, and I tell my husband, I was like, I know that you are not a big fan of him. But at the same time, like, I think you need to realize, like, he's a big part of my life because of that mm-hmm. yeah. and even though we don't get along now or we don't go out of our way to like say hi or anything i was like i respect his family i love and respect his family like to this day like they're literally my favorite people and when i see him i am gonna give him the respect he deserves because he was part of that he played such a supportive part even though he didn't know what the right words were to say right yeah you know mm-hmm. whereas my husband like my that's where I was like that's the difference between like you and him is like he didn't know you knew you know how to like talk to me and you know how to be understanding and loving still because you know you have those skills whereas someone else may not have that skill it doesn't make them a bad person it's just right. that is a lot to like add to a relationship yeah mm-hmm. so and I can imagine you're probably always processing or like you know um, going through like a healing process but in that point of your life specifically Mm -hmm. it was processing oh yeah you know whereas brad may have more of a healed version Mm -hmm. that's like the rawest i was gonna say it was very raw yeah Yeah. no at at that time and i 100 percent agree like that is a really raw thing and it is like going through the process Mm -hmm. and i do feel that it's still like when brad and i first started dating i was still dealing with a lot of things i feel like depression mostly Mm -hmm. like not being happy with like myself like, not being happy with myself, like, looking in the mirror and just being, like, disgusted by the image of, like, I'm a horrible person. I am disgusting. Like, I didn't like how I looked. I didn't like my personality. I didn't like how I was treated. Like, I was atrocious, like, to people. Like, was mean and would, wouldn't would care if I hurt someone's feelings. I was just like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to do me. And I, like, lived, went through that mentality, and I think that was really hard. And I think that when I met Brad, because Brad is, like, so kind and so understanding that he was, like, you're just saying that because you're you're upset. He's, like, I know you don't mean it. I know that you're just upset. And he still says that to me, and I'm, like, oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so damn understanding. But I feel like that is, like, like, he didn't get as raw, but he still got, like, pieces. And I think mm-hmm. the difference is that Brad healed with me. Yeah. And I think that's why I, like, I feel like that's why our marriage, the large part of why our marriage works is because, like, we healed. Like, he, like, realized that I was hurting, and instead of, like, saying, like, Angelica's crazy because she yells at people, (laughs) he's like, Angelica's crazy because of X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to make sure that she has the tools and the, like, builds the skills to become, like, the best version of her, which I think is really important when someone's going through trauma or healing or you know, going through depression or anything in their life that, like, they don't have control over. Mm-hmm. So. 
He's so old. so where do you? <laughs> I'm like I'm I need him. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> I always told Matt that he would be like, these are the things that he's like. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I was like, you'd be a great teacher. Yeah. You'd be a great therapist. Yeah. <laughs> you'd be a great. Like, I just like, need him to mentor me. <laughs> no, he's like honestly like, and it's so funny to see when Brad he the way he talks to people. It's just like. I think that was the thing that attracted me to most of him because he was not like. And I told him this sometimes <laughs> yeah. I was shocked when he was like, what? Um, he had, like, long hair and the scraggly beard. And I was like, gross. Like, gross. <laughs> like, you're disgusting. Like, do you shower? Um, but I think that he has such kind eyes and he has such a nice voice that, like. It's inviting. It is inviting. And calming. And, it is. Yeah. And he always, like, even when he, like, is mad at me, he's like, I still, like, think my favorite thing. He's like, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> But I still love you. Aww. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> I love you too. But no, he is like, honestly, like, no. I love just like listening to him talk. Like, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, just listening to you. <laughs> just, just like, keep on telling me what I should do in my life. It's great. No. Well, yeah. I feel like it was, it's probably really important for you um, or anyone who's had that, that similar trauma in their childhood to find someone that makes them feel safe and secure mm-hmm. and taken care of. Does he, does, is, and he checks all those boxes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was because I was thinking, I know I keep on talking, I'm like, David's my brother now. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. No, one of the things when David was like, I, without, if I didn't have Sydney, I don't know if I would have, yeah. like, made it. And I feel like without Brad, I don't think I would have been able to, like, be where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't feel like, like, I don't know, I couldn't imagine have, like, telling any of my friends in high school. Or, like, any of my friends in college. And it was, like, when I did tell people, it was just, like, I feel like when we're in our college years, we're so self-consumed with, like, our lives. We're, like, I don't have time to take on your problems, too. Yeah. And, you know, and I never blame any of my friends, but I didn't tell anyone. I didn't have – I literally had no one to turn to. I was, like, I don't know. I, you know, and I, like – and I feel so bad saying that, like, I do have such, like, amazing friends that I've been friends with since high school. But I, like – I couldn't imagine, like, telling them. Like, I don't even think I, like, told some of them still. And when they read that post, they're like, backtrack. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it was hard for me, like, and I don't want them to feel like that I was lying to them. It was just, like, I was like, that's such, like, an exposed, like, event that happened in my life. I don't know how to, like, how do I tell you that? Yeah. And I so, and I think that's, like, one of the, I feel like that is, like, an issue not only, like, nationwide, but I feel like it's, like, an issue in Alaska. Mm-hmm. It's, like, you know, we hear these, like, outlandish statistics, and you're, like, mm-hmm. how? How is how are we the highest state with, like, sexual yeah. assault, mm-hmm. domestic violence, child abuse? And, and I feel like that as a community we should feel – I think we need to have, like, more stories and Absolutely. talk about them because then it will allow other people to be, like – like, I'm not alone. Like, Me too. Yeah. 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 Like, it's 100% like, I don't know. It's just something that I feel that, you know, story. I think that, yes, the stories are hard. And, you know, no one should have to, like, relive them. Like, no one should go into detail of their abuse. But at the same time, like, to be like, I've experienced this too. Like, I've experienced this as well. Mm-hmm. Like, in creating, like, a supportive network within Alaska. And I think that's really important. You know, 
Well, and I think it's also really important for anyone that's going through that or that has gone through that and hasn't uh, dealt with those feelings or opened their boxes yet. Yeah. Um, it's really important to know, like, yeah, when I was going through this, it's normal to feel guilt even though you did nothing wrong. Yeah. It's normal to feel confused and you know, in the beginning or when you're super young to not feel like anything's wrong. That's normal. You're not like, you know, and, and really on the spectrum, like everything is normal because when you're that young, you have no sense of what's, you do have a sense of what's right and what's wrong, but who gives you that sense? Your, your parents and the people that take care of you or adults in general. Right. So if, if something is happening that maybe doesn't make sense to you, but they're saying it's okay, mm-hmm. then you just think it's okay and you think it's normal. And then, I mean, how do you, as a kid, like, you can't come out of that. Like, there's, it, it's what this, this particular subject is something that just gets me really, really angry mm-hmm. <laughs> because. I've seen so I've seen it affect so many people and I've seen it affect women and they still have that guilt. I've seen it affect like parents and and kids and all this stuff and it's always that one person this one person has caused so much pain and turmoil and anger and and it's not dealt with and it's swept under the rug or it's it's dealt with in home and it's not taken to authorities these people you know it's like Mm -hmm. something that's it's just glossed over or you have to have so much evidence to convict somebody and it's like what is happening (laughs) like especially as a mother of a daughter it's terrifying Mm -hmm. like it turns you into a crazy crazy person I mean you can't trust anybody and it's like society has created it and and made it that way has made it easy for people like him to to do these things and get away with it and they know they're they're so manipulative and they're just so oh it just yeah and that's the thing I think when I realized how many girls I was like no it has to stop like this is it I'm done Mm -hmm. like I'm done I'm done I'm done I like I cannot hear another story of this happening to someone. And because, it, it, like you said, it causes such a ripple effect. Yeah. Like. It's everybody around. Yeah. It's not, like, it affected, like, it affected my family. It affected, like, and I'm sure in some, spe- like, in some aspect it affected, like, my boyfriend at the time. And it's, like, it probably was bleeding into different areas in his life, which was causing, like, different like ripple effects like what's wrong with him why is he so angry or why are him and angelica always fighting and like the thing was like we didn't tell anyone like yeah Mm -hmm. we didn't tell anyone because i i was like please don't tell anyone like oh my gosh please don't tell anyone because i was like i'm trying to like i'm trying to figure this out i yeah i don't want no one else involved right um you're just learning how to deal with it yourself yeah and i feel like the one of the things that's like so powerful too because you guys were talking about your daughters and how like it does turn you into a crazy person. I feel like, um, like one of the things that my mom said, because my mom and I, we do talk about it a lot, you know? I was going to ask, did, um, like with your mom looking back, did she ever have any sort of, I mean, like my mom said there was like one instance where she was like, I, it was like weird, like, um, so like my grandmother, we all joke around that like my mom 
my grandmother and I are witches. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm a witch. I predict everything. Um, but she said that there was an instant with my grandmother where um, my grandmother told my mom straight up that she was like, your husband is um, hurting your daughter. He's he's doing something to her that is. And she goes, I don't. Um, she's like, he's doing something to hurt her, and you're not realizing that there's a wolf in sheep's clothing in your house. <laughs> and my mom was like, what? You're crazy. Yeah. And then, like, they got in a fight, and then that was it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, when did that happen? She was like, you were 11. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Crazy. Yeah. And so my she grandmother is, is like, <laughs> yeah, no, my grandmother said it. She's like, there's a wolf in sheep's clothing in your house, and mm-hmm. you don't even realize it. And my mom's like, well, what do you mean? She goes, I have the sense, like, I have this feeling that yeah. he is doing something um, unholy in your house. And yeah. my mom was like, you're crazy, whatever, and then moved on. And then she, um, and she goes, I never thought about that until, like, recently. And we had this conversation maybe, like, six months ago. She goes, I was, like, talking to her about, like, how she was a witch. And she called me a witch. <laughs> and then I said, Angelica's a witch. But then she was, like, and then she said, do you remember when you told me that, I had a wolf in sheep's clothing in my house. And my grandmother was like, yeah. And my mom I, my mom was like, you were right. There is a wolf in sheep's clothing in my house. And so um, she and my mom would always t- – she, like, says this all the time. She goes, I would always tell you um, to be wary of people on the outside, but I wasn't looking inside my own mm-hmm. window. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't looking in my, around my own house. And that's something where, um, like, now that I work with kids – And, um, you know, I always tell them, like, I feel like this is something I always tell them. I was like, you always have the right. I was like, um, when I ask you to do something, it's for you to do. If I'm asking you to do something that's safe, you can't say no to me. When I'm asking you to push your chair in, you can't say no. I was like, if I'm asking you to do something unsafe, then I want you to say no. If any adult ever says, asks you to do something that you don't feel, I was like, if you feel that your stomach hurts, or you don't feel like it's safe, say no. You have the right to say no. And I, like, instill that. Like, I was, like, saying that to kindergartners because how, like, I feel like kids nowadays are told, like, you have to listen to directions. And I think yeah. that's where it starts. You where have to listen to adults. The adults. Yeah. You need to live. If an adult asks you to do something, you listen the first time. And instead, I've turned it around and say, like, if I'm asking you to do something that's safe, then you need to follow my directions. If I'm telling you to do something unsafe, then it, you need to say no and find another adult. And I always, like, say that. Or and I say, like, if any adult ever asks you to do something and you don't feel safe, you need to find another adult and tell them mm-hmm. so that you are safe. And I'm, like, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, like, I'm hoping that, you know, and I've went through two classrooms where I'm, like, so I'm, like, I'm hoping that I instill that enough in 40 kids that it does bleed into... So if someone does tell them, like, ask them to do something that they feel unsafe, that they say no and they find another adult. Because I think that's, like, the most important part is teaching our kids, yes, like you said, like, they know right and wrong, but they don't know what's abnormal and normal yeah. in their mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel that, like, it kind of, it begins with educators mm-hmm. and, like, adults in their life who do love and respect them. Like, teaching them, like, it's okay to say no. And it's okay to like, it's okay to say no, and it's okay to tell another adult if you don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, what is your relationship with your sister like? 
Um, or what after after finding out that she knew and that did you guys talk about that or it's something that like I think that my mom and I talk about it a lot um I feel that at first I think my sister had a lot of anger towards me because then it turned into this thing like like what happened to you tore my family apart like it tore my parents apart mm-hmm. and it wasn't your parents it was my parents that this affected like and I felt a lot of guilt and that's like I feel that I did like essentially like in some ways like I felt like I took her dad away um but like I wish that we would talk not like talk about it but like talk like like healing have a healing talk yeah it's something that you know and I tell my mom was like if she's not willing to go to uh, like if she's not seeking out counseling then it's kind of hard to have that healing talk. Like, you can't have a healing talk unless both parties are going to counseling. Right. And so um, I think, and you know, a couple, like, my mom was just here, and I had a talk with, you know, my mom, and she's like, I feel that your sister doesn't re- put us on the same pedestal as, like, her boyfriend's family. And I said, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I think a lot, though, a lot of it is that Leanna has a lot of things that she hasn't processed. Processed, mm-hmm. and um, and I and I told her that I said I feel that sometimes that you feel. I was like with his family, like there was nothing that you don't like. There are completely an external factor of like what just happened. He doesn't have any clue, yeah. so it's easier to create these new relationships with people, yeah. whereas it's harder to maintain relationship relationships with people that you've experienced trauma to absolutely so because it's like while I was like going through my own trauma like my mom and my sister were going through their own trauma like he was verbally abusive like he would like belittle my sister and belittle my mom and I felt like it was his way of like controlling everyone Mm -hmm. where it was like if I verbally abuse you and I put you down and I'm doing, like, no one will take notice of what's going on in this corner if I can preoccupy the other corners with mm-hmm. other situations. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times he, like, pit it, like, me and my sister against each other, mm-hmm. which, you know, it took me a long time to realize that because I remember my counselor asked me, like, saying, like, what is your relationship with your sister? And I said, it's it's there. Um, we don't get along. And she was like, give me, like, would he talk to her? And I was like, yeah, he would, like, say these things. And then it was like we talked more and more. And I was like, there was one time where he told my sister that she was a slower runner than me. And my sister made a point to outrun me. And she was like, what? Like, what? Like, where did that come from? And I said, I don't know. Like, that's just something that Hmm. I remember. Like, he would pit us against each other. Yeah. Like, like, it was his own version of, like, a dog fighting ring. Yeah. It was, like, who can outdo the other? Yeah. And I think that was really hard. And I yeah. feel like a lot of – I was, like, you know, and I and I feel like my sister probably does have a lot of anger because of that. Because, you know, like, we I w- we were always being compared to each other. Like, Angelica is smaller and more petite than you. Because my sister is a big kid. She was, she was just, like, she had more stockier – she still does have a more stockier built than me. She's taller and she has like a lot more broad shoulder but he would say like angelica's more like smaller and petite than you more ladylike than you are whereas you're not as like you're not as acute of a daughter as i would want it 
or um, Leanna is better at this than you. And so we would like turn and we would start like going at each other. Like I feel like a lot of our anger and animosity well, towards each other. Sometimes. He had to keep you guys separate so that you didn't start talking to her. Yeah. So that you didn't confide in her. Yeah. He had to keep you guys enemies, you know, so that you had no one to go to, like you said. Yeah, and that was a thing. Like, I didn't have anyone, and it's like, I feel like the one person I should have had was, like, unfortunately, like, and we didn't because we were always at each other's throats, like, mm-hmm. fighting, like, physically fighting, like, mm-hmm. beating the snot out of it. Like, more, like, when I would tell him, like, stories of my husband, he's like, that's not normal. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's, like, sibling fighting in there. Like, <laughs> he's like, well, how are any of you guys alive? Like, there was, I hit my sister with the softball bat. She, um... She gave me a black eye, like, it was, and it continued on, like, even after we were just with my mom, like, like, outlandish physical, like, aggression, and it was just, and it stopped, and there was a small period where we did get along really well, but then after, um, like, after, like, the suicide and everything happened, it was just, like, it opened up, it, like, it opened up another box, (laughs) like, a box that we were, like, okay, it's closed, we put it in the closet, okay, and then it's like that box slowly started coming out and then it's just like open and it's like and I feel like it is hard because it's like you know and I don't ever want to tell and this is one thing about trauma I always tell like no one's trauma is like worse than someone else's Mm -hmm. all trauma like yes everyone has different forms of trauma but doesn't like my trauma is not better than your trauma it shouldn't be one of those things so I think that's really hard too yeah I think that's hard because, you know, like like we said at the beginning, like, you know, David says, you know, he doesn't think it's that bad. And then he's mm-hmm. telling someone and they're like, oh, my God. Oh, OK, so no, 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 it's OK. It's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, we're good. It's you do start to feel. It's like human nature to compare. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah, like you're you start telling someone and you're like this this feels really good, this is good, and then it's like, wait, no, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, like, why am I, like, my childhood was fine, like, look at these kids in Ethiopia that are starving and Mm -hmm. don't have anything, and, you know, it's like, I had a roof over my head, it was fine. Mm -hmm. But then you hear someone that's got, like, all these other things that you didn't have, and it's like, well, it was definitely worse than that. You know what I mean? You're just, yeah. like, comparing, and it just doesn't help anybody. No. I think it's just really good for everyone to remember that nobody's childhood was easy. No. Like, in any way, shape, or and form, we all really had... really don't know people's stories. Yeah. and like, Or how it affects them, even if yeah. it wasn't something that you consider, you know, maybe wouldn't have been traumatic to you. Or, like you said, all your friends, you know? Yeah. Until, yeah. until they see you say something about it, they're like... I would have never guessed. Yeah. You know, you can't just look at somebody and and that's the and yeah. know their story. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that is like as a society and I feel like it's getting worse now. Um just because like you know, social media has allowed like allowed us to create the lives that we wanted when we're going through so much. Mm-hmm. Um like and there's no way, I feel like, especially, like, this younger generation, they're, like, I'm going through anxiety and, like, and I'm trying to get through stuff in life. And now I have, like, the pressure of trying to create a different life on social media. Right. And I think that's yeah. really hard. Yeah. Um. I, I, yeah. No, it's, 
it is definitely difficult to like and uh, and I always try to remember like just like it's like I'm not trying to say like what I'm going through is worse and I feel like I do have a like I do have some friends who are like like I remember when I was like I remember the first friend I said I, I didn't tell anyone first at first what I told people was like you know my sister's dad committed suicide and I remember like I had a friend and she was like oh yeah well my mom's going through suicidal thoughts and I was like click like yeah like I, I don't need you to compare yeah. what's going on in your yeah. life right now I just need your support and yeah. your um I guess that's maybe something that I want to make sure that is conveyed to like people listening yeah. um if someone comes to them and asks, you know, or and and says like this happened to me, like what when you were going through that, did you have a favorite response or something that always made you feel good when someone said or like what were you looking for when you were telling your friends? Like what would have made you feel good? I think and I think like I didn't want to hear anything. I think that I just didn't want to feel like I was hiding a dirty secret I and I feel like and that was like the main reason for me to like one I didn't want to feel like I was hiding a dirty secret and I don't and I didn't want people to think that I was like lying and I think that was like so you didn't want to feel judged I didn't want to feel judged I wanted to I wanted people to just listen um I just I really just wanted someone to listen and I think, like, there was something I saw, like, recently where it was, like, when someone is telling you something that is upsetting to them, like, sometimes it's okay to not say anything. Sometimes that person just needs a person to sit awkwardly through it with them. Because that is, like, it's extremely awkward to, like, tell someone, like, like, I, and for me, it was just, like, I think, like, even just now, like, saying, like, I was raped, like, I don't think I really have ever said that. I've said, like, I've was molested or I was sexually like assaulted growing up but I don't think I've ever said like rape like and even when I remember like the first person I actually told it was I was in Idaho and I was visiting a friend and she was like and I was worried um I went to the gynecologist and she was like telling me she's like hey like we found some polyps and it may be this it may be like this and I remember being like oh my god I'm dying and she's like I need to know she goes this is really abnormal for someone who's like she goes the amount of like you know sexual partners you've had and you're being safe that sounds abnormal has Mm -hmm. anything happened to you before like did you were you like you know were you molested or have you had you know sexual intercourse before you were 16 and I remember just being no (laughs) like lying and I remember sitting with my friend and I was like, I lied to the doctor. Like, I, I feel like, I feel dirty. I feel like I have a dirty secret. She's like, why do you feel like that? And I was like, because I was molested. And it just came out. Like, it just came out of my mouth. Like, like just like I word vomited. it. And she's what? And we both sat there and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we like just sat there and I looked at her and she's like, uh, what do I say? And I said, nothing. Don't say anything. I didn't say that. Yes, I did. And it was, like, very awkward. And I think I just needed someone to just listen. And it was the first time I actually, like, told someone outside of, like, my intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. And it was – and after that, I felt, like, a sense of relief. 
So I was like, okay, I can tell people, I think. And then, you know, and I, you know, some responses weren't positive. Like, oh, you're just saying that for attention, right? And I'm like, no, <laughs> definitely wasn't saying that for attention. Who in their right mind would say that for attention? And, and that's the thing, like, <laughs> and that's where I get so, and I think I get so aggravated, like, when I read things on, like, mm. like mm. about, like, the Me Too movement, it literally, I had to take a deep breath and I was like, Oh, I'm taking a deep breath. Okay, I'm good. Because, like, who in their right mind would? And I and I get that there are people who do lie, to like. Get, it's like this. Much, I know. I, like I, it's I, like one. No, it's like point oh one percent. And everyone like Denise is literally like almost touching her fingers, like her index finger and her thumb. Like that's how small. And I understand. Like it is such a small yeah. percentage of people who would lie, but. Like, who would, in their right mind, would be like, I want to lie about a terrible trauma in my life, and I want to have fame. Just so that, like, yeah, someone will take my picture and write an article. Like, it is it, it, infuriating. And and so I, like, and I remember, like, um, the Brett Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Kavanaugh? Um, Kavanaugh? I didn't think I'm saying it right. There's... Uh, Anyways. Everybody knows who we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone's like know. Googling. They're all like, they're idiots. That's how you say his name. But when they were like, people were mocking her. I was just like, I was so upset. I was like, who in their flipping right mind has any room to judge someone? Like, that is the bravest thing that anyone mm-hmm. could do. Mm-hmm. It is. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a number of things. Yeah. And it's just... You know, and I don't also like the thing that I don't like when people are like, you're such a better person because of your experience. Mm. I'm like, time out. (laughs) Time out. (laughs) Time out. And I think that one is just like, um, it's not like, I feel like it's more of, like, yes, what has happened to me, like, I feel like it's helped me navigate through life, but I feel like um, it was like my resilience. Like, I built... Like, I don't know, I ended up building the character I am because I, like, built resilience. That doesn't yeah. define me. Yeah, I didn't. That's not me. No. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, I don't define myself as that. And I think yeah. that's something I think that people who do experience trauma, I think, have a hard time, like, when they're going through the healing process of, like, is this who I am? Like, am I a person who's, like gone through assault or abuse and it's like no you're not you're much more than that and I mean like and I remember talking to a friend when she was going through something and um and she and I confided in her and I said hey like I wanted to like talk to you one-on-one because I 100% understand what you're going through and I want you to know that this doesn't define who you are as a person it says more about that person than you and that you are much more than that. You know, you are fun. You're, I love your laugh. I love being around you. You're my sister in many ways. And I want you to know that like, essentially this too shall pass. Like, like this doesn't make you who you are. This is an unfortunate event, but it doesn't make you who you are. And that it says more about that person. And she was just like, I think that's what I needed to hear because I'm tired of people saying, I'm sorry this happened to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the hardest part is like, 
I don't want your sorries. I just want you to listen. Yeah. I would just like to say that I think that this, like we haven't addressed this sort of trauma at all. I don't think so far. And I, you were saying like statistic wise, Alaska, you know, is huge. And I, I just, I'm, I'm grateful that you're here so that other people who are also experiencing this sort of trauma or have in the past can relate. Like you said, like just, and I, and I hope that if anybody's listening that they do, if you're comfortable with it, they reach out to you if they feel, um, feel like that's what they need to do. And just being able to say like, thank you, or I understand. And you're just needing somebody to relate to, I guess. No, and I I feel like that was, like, I think that, and I knew that, you know, going into it, I was, like, am I okay with, like, people Mm -hmm. reaching out to me? And I was, like, yes, because, like, sometimes people just need, like, need to find a person that they can relate to. And I think when other people go through something in their life, it doesn't have to be big or small but, like, I think it's always important to find a person who can understand sometimes or just listen. I was going to say, or even just listen. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, I don't know you, but I heard your episode. Can you just listen? Yeah. Like, can yeah. you just listen for a second? Yeah. And one of the other things I think that is really important um, to kind of address, and when, I, when people do go through trauma, it's like if someone doesn't l- want to listen – or you shouldn't force it onto them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because you need to be like respectful of that. And that's something that, you know, um, and I always like really appreciate in like media when they like, before you read something, when it's like this video may contain mm-hmm. upsetting topics or this like image of like, and I feel like when you are going to approach someone to talk to them about it, I think that is something that you should be like, hey, like, do you have a moment or can we find a time and allowing that person to like either say yes or no and to realize that if someone says no, it's not that they don't care or they don't li- want to listen. It's just like maybe they're not in the right headspace at that moment. Um, I like that, yeah. Yeah, trigger warnings aren't just for podcasts and videos and yeah, it's like it's life. It's life, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I mean, we don't I think one of, you know, we don't, like, we don't, you know, you should approach it as, like, if you were to see someone on the street, like, you wouldn't just go to someone on the street and go, hey, yeah. <laughs> I got this thing that's happened, I need you to listen, you yeah. would, you know, and I think that's really important to, like, when you are talking to someone about anything, is to make sure that you have that permission to share that story, instead of just being, like, Um, you know, and I, of course I want people to like, you know, I want people to feel comfortable, but you know, I don't want to like, I don't want them to think if someone was like, Hey, do you have a moment to talk right now? And I'd be like, no, sure. (laughs) I don't, you know, but I do like if someone, I think that is like really important as a community. And I especially think in the Fairbanks community, because I feel like there are a lot more stories Mm -hmm. similar to mine that Mm -hmm. just, like you said, people are brushing under the rug. Yeah. And I would say the scariest part about statistics is that that's what we know about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, 
I mean, like, honestly, I didn't, I didn't tell anyone until I was, like, well into, like, my mid, like, my early to mid-20s. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, I could have, I mean, I'm sure that they were, like, they do an estimation, like, if 14% are coming out, like, maybe we round to, like, yeah. 16 or something like yeah. that. Um, but, I don't know, I think that's always really hard, too to like realize like the exact number yeah but I do think it's important for people to know that if it is happening to them you know go, going forward finding someone to tell mm-hmm. and trying their hardest to if they're comfortable to get that person taken care of like to get yeah. that person charged it reported I mean even if it's reported once mm-hmm. and it doesn't you know and and you reported that does and it doesn't do anything because there's not enough evidence or this or that that just means the second time it's reported on that person they're that much more likely to press charges on that person yeah absolutely and I feel like my story like and I don't want no one to be like oh my god if I tell like if I tell like someone what if that person I want to get like I want to get justice on that person commit suicide I do feel like my situation was very unique unique Mm -hmm. yeah um and that's where I feel like it it was very very unique and that I don't want my story to like sway like sway or scare anyone to not sharing their story um because like you said if nothing happens the first time if it's on their record, it stays on their record. Yeah, it pe- doesn't go away. So, I mean, like, I, any, like, I think that's really important is to, like, make sure that you, you tell the, you know, you go to authorities and, you know, say, like, this has happened to me. And I think another um, misconception is that it doesn't matter at any point happen at any like you can be any age and still report mm-hmm. a sexual assault mm-hmm. and I think that is like a huge misconception yeah um as much as I love law and order I think <laughs> they kind of made a big misconception where there's like there's nothing you could do after 10 years like yeah no no it's on their record still like yeah you know you know is there enough evidence you know that is kind of hard to prove something but at the same time like there's still something you can do because who knows who else can that could have happened to yeah and those other people go forth and speak on their behalf of like something maybe happened recently and i think that's really powerful too right yeah Yeah. like just because it is a long longer period for you or for somebody else doesn't mean it's not still happening like in this day yeah to somebody else right i think yeah that's a really good point hard to segue I, know. I just want to keep I talking I know um, <laughs> me too okay so let's talk about the question that you had for Denise and David I was excited you had a question for Denise because Denise sprung David's question on me like in the <laughs> intro, intro and I was like <laughs> what um okay so your question for both David and Denise was with all the medical mishaps in their younger years how do they feel about doctors do they seek out medical profession or have or have the same views about medicine as an adult as their parent um so I I did reach out to David and I'll answer with his reply first 
Um, his uh, answer to that question was, I absolutely seek medical attention <laughs> if I get hurt or sick or have an ongoing issue with physical or mental health. However, there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion if you're second if you're second guessing the doctors or specialist treatment. I've worked in the medical field in some sort of capacity for the past 11 years and no, <laughs> oh, and no, not every doctor is anywhere near perfect. They're human beings and make mistakes like the rest of us. So um, I agree to a certain extent. I'm really weird about taking medicine i will wait till like mm -hmm. i'm dying of a headache to be like i guess i'll take a motrin See, and i was hoping <laughs> like, that i was like no denise i bet she goes to the doctor yeah, for everything no. <laughs> no i'm like i'll figure it out but my kid or my husband anything is wrong with them i'm like go to the doctor like it's time to go to the doctor like my my daughter I mean, we, my, uh, my poor brother-in-law, he's a pediatrician. Mm -hmm. He's not our pediatrician because he works on base. But um, <laughs> if I'm like, I would take her to the doctor. Maybe I'll just send Ross a picture and see what he thinks. <laughs> you know? So, like, I, I'm the total opposite when it comes to her. I'm like, anything's wrong with her, we need to get it checked out. Like... She will not. She will not suffer. She will not like mm -hmm. go through it. But I'll wait till like the last minute to do anything for me. I was like dying of pneumonia a few years ago. Literally, <coughs> I had pneumonia, and I finally like, I like came into work. I'm like cr crawling into work basically, and I'm I'm at my desk. I've got my door closed to my office. I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> like, I'm okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and Trina like comes in and looks at me, and she's like. Get the no. fuck out of here. <laughs> no. Like, you need to go. <laughs> so like, I get to the doctor. Nice, they <laughs> they x-ray my chest and everything. They're like, yeah, you have pneumonia and the flu. Like, you should probably, you, you should know. be dead. <laughs> yeah, you should probably not be at work. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I still, like, wait till, like, there's, it's absolutely necessary for me to go. <laughs> Now I'm disappointed because I was like, nope, she totally goes to the doctor. This is a great question because I already yeah. know the answer. No, I think David does. David, I think David's a little more like he'll he go. He had a flush eating. What was it on his face? Yeah. <laughs> In Patago, yeah. yeah. I, I loved how that how he brought that up. He's like, remember that one time like I had that flesh eating thing on my face and yeah, mom didn't take me in. I was like <laughs> You had a what? <laughs> Like you just, I don't know. Yeah. I, also, the other one where you're like, yeah, I broke my wrist <laughs> on the jump. <laughs> yeah. I should, I should, I know where those pictures are. Where I'm like in the bouncy house, and my wrist is just wrapped in an ace bandage. <laughs> <laughs> I should definitely find those so we can post them. Because yeah, oh it was my ninth God. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy ninth birthday to me. Yeah. I had a broken wrist, and my mom didn't take me to the doctor. It's crazy. <laughs> jumping, and I remember like. I remember jumping and being really like, but I'm nine. I'm not going to not jump in my bouncy house just because my wrist hurts, right? So I was just I was just very aware of, like, who was around my wrist. And, like, Don't come in my like, wrist! Yeah, just, like, holding it up and just, like, watching, you know, always having, like, my back to the wall or whatever. It was just, like, jumping away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm... 
I'm not that bad anymore. Like, but I'm also very aware of mm-hmm. what's going on with my like. Except for that one time I had pneumonia. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, this is just a cold. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I know if like so, if something's going on that I need to get it checked out, mm-hmm. I will definitely like go. Well. No. You're like, no. I had pneumonia. No, so I no. had pneumonia, but also, like, after I had Charlotte, my my allergies got super bad. I was, like, wheezing all the time. <laughs> and uh, I just got that checked out, like, a year ago. So oh my God. she's three. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've been doing this really, like, hard breathing thing. I use this inhaler a lot. Uh, they s- prescribed it's not it prescribed. Yeah. <laughs> I found it. Yeah. Um, should I get my allergies? You think? Yeah. Okay. I think I just knew I was allergic to a lot of stuff that I didn't want to be allergic to, so I just pretended. Yeah. I was just like, this is fine. Uh, like that meme, like that dog meme in the fire, like around the flames, it's like it's fine. <laughs> That's literally anytime someone's like, "How's your day?" and I was like, and I just send them that. And they're like, "That good?" Huh? And I'm like, "Yeah, it's that great. It's fine." Um, I feel like. When now I have to like say this because it's like the I don't think I'm a very funny person. I think that funny things happen to me. Um, but one time someone was like, "How's it like working with the kindergartners?" And I said, "Imagine you're in a room, a square room with no windows or doors, <laughs> and there are ten fires in the room. You're like there's ten fires, and you put out five. And ten more reignite. <laughs> That's what it's like working in kindergarten. And someone was like, sent me that meme, like the first one I ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's fine. I was like, That's my life. It literally is that. Like you're that in a is windowless how it is room. working with kindergartners. Mm-hmm. I feel like that it's like that with any kids. Like you put out five fires and then ten reignite. And they like reignite when you're like putting out and you're like, The hell just happened? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think like one of the funniest thing that's ever happened to me real quick was um I had a kid, he was, like, swinging between. You remember when we'd swing between the tables and our teachers would say, like, oh, yeah. hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Ryan, you're gonna Ryan just started doing that shit. <laughs> Kill it. I'm like, Kill it. you stop? She's like, look at me. Yeah, but she has a smirk. She's like, yeah. Oh, that's what we used to do, smile and swing. Yeah. And, be like, and then sometimes do the trick, like, my feet are up in the air. Can you do this? So I had a couple kids. Um, my second year working with kindergartners, like, do this. And I was like, hey. Do not swing on the tables. That's how you fall and hurt yourself. And um, he was like, me, me, me. I was like, shit. So I turn around and I'm like, it's and it's like the third to last day of the school year. And this he tells his little friend, he goes, Hey, you do it. And so his little friend, and this kid's like the cutest thing in the world. Like every time I still see him, I'm just like, I told his mom, I'm like, you have the cutest kids in the world. So he's all like, all right. So he starts swinging. And I turn around and I said, I said no sweet. And it was like slow motion. So he's swinging back and forth, but he gets too much momentum coming up. So that when he came, when his legs went back behind him, he like slipped and he went pow right on the floor and i was like oh my gosh and he lifted up and there was blood everywhere (laughs) just like and i literally like my super like and i hate blood i literally (laughs) hate blood i see it on myself and i'm like gagging but i saw it and i like it was like if 
this is I don't have kids, so I think this is what like a mom <laughs> instinct would do. I literally like dropped everything, ran to him, scooped him up, ran down the hallway to the nurse's office, and like still left like twenty <laughs> kids in the room by themselves. I'm yelling out of the hallway, the classroom's empty, the classroom's empty. <laughs> And I'm running to this, like, running to the nurses. And then I realized that he had bit through his lip. And I was, like, ah! like just <laughs> Gross. so grossed out by it. And his mom, and it was so funny because um, his mom is Eastern European. They're from Moldova. And um, she, like, I'm, like, I'm in tears pretty much. <laughs> like, I ruined your kid's face. Like, <laughs> I am the worst teacher in the world. And she's, like. How many times do I have to tell you no swinging between tables? <laughs> this is what happened to you. And he's like crying. And she's like, no, no, no. I don't feel bad for you. Stop crying. <laughs> Get in the car. <laughs> she gets him in the car. But so then he doesn't come back to school the next day. And then it's the last day of school. And we still haven't taken his last day of school picture. Oh, God. Because we made these like cute little books for mm-hmm. the kids. And we took their like last. It's not really their last day of school. We like took it like two weeks before. <laughs> um, but his last day of school picture. I was like, honey, I got to get your picture. And he was like, no, I'm ugly. His lip was all swollen. <laughs> he had a suture. And he got allergies. So his eyes oh, no. <laughs> And he had these little half moon eyes. And I was like, oh, my God. Like I, you're so cute and ugly at the same time. So I said, I need to take your picture, and he goes, No, I'm ugly. And I said, What if you wear this cowboy hat? Okay. <laughs> so I took this picture, and he's like totally like he's happy. Trying. He's trying to smile, but he just looks like Quasimodo. Aww. <laughs> but it was just like we laugh about it still because I like she works with my husband, and I did tutoring for him when he was in first grade, and I was like. You have to find that picture. She goes, I don't know what happened to it. And I was like, no, those, you need to frame that Please, picture. Yeah. Like, anytime. Because it was on my phone for the longest time, and I would just laugh. <laughs> and then I, like, cleaned out my phone for, like, the new school year for the new photos mm-hmm. of kids. And I was, like, so sad. I, like, deleted it. Because anytime I tell this story, everyone's like, well, how bad I gotta was it? I got to see it, yeah. I'm like, I don't have it. Oh. <laughs> That was such a good story to end yeah. on. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, you know, like, hey, let's hit it with this really dark stuff. And Quasimodo. Quasimodo. Quasimodo and a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't let your kids swing between, like, between tables. Yeah. And I tell my students every time, I was like, I know a kid. Last year I had a kid who did that and busted his. And I also do with he the chairs. His, you know how yeah, the kids. I do it. I, that was, I was that kid. Yeah. Busted the back of my head open. I had a kid who bit through his tongue when he did that. Ew. My first year working. Oh hurt. god! And we're talking about leaning back in chairs, yeah. Like, until you know, like, the two legs lift up, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I always ask my kids, "How many legs does your chair have?" Four. That's how many should be on the ground. <laughs> I'm so mean. <laughs> it's okay. Building life skills. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, if people do want to reach out to you, do you? What are your? Well, first of all, your podcast. Yes. If they want to search for your podcast, um, it's Fairbanks People. It's FBX and then a line and then PPL. I try to be like word savvy. I like it. Thanks. Because <laughs> I like your logo. Yeah, I do too. It's like simple. simple. Yeah, super I like simple. It. I, I wanted like it. it like that. I wanted it. Well, originally my idea was. Well, I wanted to call it Fairbanks Women, mm-hmm. and then do WMN, mm-hmm. but I was like, but what if I have guys on there? Then I have yeah, to do, like, right. Fairbanks Men, and then I was, like, thinking of, like, the bigger, like, where I wanted my podcast to go, and I was like, no, I'm just going to keep simple, but I do, like, realize that I do have a lot of, like, 
women on my podcast and someone made a point they're all like they're like you have a lot of ladies and i said i do (laughs) i'm friends with women like to talk more Mm -mm. they do yeah no they do it happens i my husband like he's like i'm so he's like so excited to do an episode he's like i'm so excited to do an episode but he's like he loves to talk doesn't when you see him you don't think so yeah and then he's just like he just has such a soothing voice (laughs) he does um but yes if someone does want to reach out like um if i say no like or if i say like not right like this isn't a good time like i don't want them to think that i don't because i do want them to share their story but like i want people to feel comfortable enough to like reach out and be like you know i really you know your the episode i listened to like jordan denise's like podcast like thank you for sharing that story can we set up a time where I can share my story with you and I feel like that like approach because you want to treat when you talk to someone about trauma you want to treat it like with the respect that you weren't given kind right. of thing mm-hmm. you know and so um you know and I I wouldn't I don't know like in, when I don't approach people like that like in the sense like hey you want to listen to my story I people mostly approach me like oh my god like I heard what happened to you like and then they look at me and I go uh-huh <laughs> like <laughs> And it's like, we're, we're going, you want to talk about sweaters instead? <laughs> you have this really awkward look on your face. Um, but yes, if like, I want people to like, if they want to share their story, like, um, like, please do reach out just, um, or even just to say like, thank hi you or thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, please feel free, like comfortable enough to do that. Um, cause I'm, I wouldn't turn anyone away, but if you do want to share your story, um, just like a, like I may not always be like because I'm not good at keeping in touch. <laughs> so if that's what you're, but if you do feel comfortable about, or maybe share you story. could help connect yeah. them with something, you know, yeah. a, a resource or or someone, uh, you know, tell them who you see or yeah, I think something along those really, lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that too. Um, I'm always like happy to connect people with other people. I feel like even though it is such a issue in our community there are so many great resources mm-hmm. to support us yeah in the Fairbanks community and because I think people are starting to realize like no this is this is a bigger issue than we realized so, yeah yeah so what is your what are your social media handles yeah I don't know. are they called handles I, I don't know sure. I don't know um yeah so if you want it I feel like the you can either um add me on Facebook so just my name, Angelica Yoakum. Um, my mom likes to call us the yo.coms because that's how it's spelled. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. And then I do it when people are like, how do you spell your last name? Yo.com without the dot. And then they put the dot and I'm like, wow, you're an idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you can um, add me on Facebook. You can um, follow me on Instagram. As embarrassing as this sounds, I don't know my Instagram. Most people don't. Yeah, it's okay. I, don't. I think it's just, I think it's just your name. Is it? Yeah. Did, was I simple? Did I keep I everything simple in my life? <laughs> Angelica dot Yoakum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I just have simplicity <laughs> in my life. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like reaching out to me on those like platforms is always really great. Um, you can even email me. I do check like my podcast email. So it's like fairbankspeople at gmail.com. Is it fbxppl mm-hmm. at gmail.com? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, you can reach out to me that way. Um, one of the things that I kind of do want to start on my podcast is kind of, because again, like we're Fairbanks people is about sharing Fairbanks stories. And I do want to do um, a series um, depending on how many people feel comfortable about reaching out and it can be completely anonymous. Um, but doing a segment for in, for April, because April is um, like Child Abuse Awareness Month. And so that's kind of my goal. So if anyone cool project, yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, it doesn't have to be like sexual abuse that people go through either. I think that a lot of people like think that's the only like. Um, I would even say like my sister went through abuse growing up. She went through verbal abuse, and mm-hmm. I think that's really hard to or ne- like neglect, or even growing up like homeless. I think is a form of abuse that creates trauma in a, a child's life into adulthood. Um, but it's a project that I've been kind of thinking that I want to start doing. And so maybe I'll reach out to you guys later, too. Yeah. Maybe it could be something that we can both collaborate on. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. So. Um, and, and your podcast is on? It's only on Spotify. Because, Spotify. Yeah. Okay. Because everything else, I, again, when you're doing it on your own and editing, it makes you want to pull out every little strand of your hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, Spotify is just simple. But yeah, it's super simple. Yeah, it is. It, it, like Spotify makes my life so, like so much easier now. I was like, I was so anti Spotify, and now I'm like, Spotify is life. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my podcast is on Spotify, and then we also have our own um, tag. It's just Fairbanks that line and people. It, I try to keep it simple so that people can follow it. So yeah, cool. we'll tag it in the show notes too. Yeah, for sure. We'll, yeah. we'll have everything in the show notes to find you easily. Thanks. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys like taking time out of your day too. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It's really a a brave thing that you did today. And it's, um, I think it's going to help a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I know I want to woo so bad. Do it. (laughs) Woo. Hey, M&Ms. Thanks for joining us once again on Mental Maintenance Monday. We wanted to take time to remind you that your story deserves to be told. That's right, and you can always reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MentalMPodcast, or email us at mmpodcast1 at gmail.com. We love you. Bye.